welcome to this episode of the Dreamer Succeed podcast. We have an amazing guest today, Matt Ward. Say hi, Matt. Hey, everybody. Nice I to wanna, be here. I want to give him a, a proper introduction, even though I know it will not do him justice. But since I know you're going to get to know him as we progress through the episode, I know you are in for a real treat. So by trade, uh, Matt is a marketing, a business growth specialist. He is the word of mouth referral guy. He is the it man. He is an expert networker. He is an author. He is a professional speaker. And the reason him and I hit it off so well is because he is a big time chocolate lover. So welcome, Matt. I'm so happy you're here. Well, Berta, thank you so much for having me. I am honored to be on your your show and your podcast. I love it. I love it. And this is one of the, those beautiful things about uh, LinkedIn and mutual introductions. I was introduced to Matt uh, just several weeks ago and just immediately fell in love with his spirit, his his authenticity, and, and his passion for helping connect people and, and make the world a better place. So I am excited as can be. So let's get started. Dude, you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Do you have a spirit animal, by the way? Do you have a spirit animal? I want to say it's a horse. I was thinking it might be a zebra. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. I got it. And mine's a tiger. Is it really? Yeah. I'm, they call me Tiger King. Oh, are you watching that? <laughs> have you watched that? <laughs> that is awesome. Have you watched that? Oh, sadly, no I've watched that. I yeah. Too. I have no shame in my game, and I admit it. My husband watched the first two episodes, and I was like, You're crazy getting into something crazy. And then he said, Just sit down for five minutes. And I was yeah. like, It's like crack. I yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Yeah, no, it's crazy. So, just a shout out to all you cool cats and kittens. Welcome to the show. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Matt, let's get started. So Matt, I, I, and, and I love the, the flow that we're going to have today just because I know you're so much fun. But can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in this, in this reality of really committing yourself to be a connector and making sure that you help people's businesses grow with, with this word of mouth referral? Yeah, so I... Um... I owned a digital marketing agency for over 16 years. And as part of sort of my responsibilities in the role of, of the owner, I didn't do any programming, no designing, nothing. I was doing sales and marketing and networking, but I, I, I hated cold calls. So I was doing more networking than anything. Mm -hmm. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think I was doing networking because it, it felt easier for me and it was more successful for me. Um, but as I look back now, I understand that that was much more of a superpower for me. I'm a connector and I feel very at home building relationships with other people. But at the time, I would go to networking events and I would be looking for my clients. And I would also be looking for things in return, right? I would give a business card and expect one in return. And I would give a referral and expect one in return. And what changed the whole game for me was actually digging deep into a book by Keith Ferrazzi called Never Eat Alone, uh, which conceptually is this idea that if you have to eat, you might as well invite people to a lunch or to coffee to eat with you. That's not really what I took away from it. What I took away from it was uh, the point that we need to give without the expectation of getting anything in return, and that that is a habit and a muscle that you build over time. 
And so even to this day, I'm, I'm really good at it now, but even to this day, I do get that thought, but wait, when's my turn? And all I tell people now is, look, th there's no solution for that thought. You need to understand it happens to everybody and that just recognize it, but don't act on it, right? Know it's there. Be cognizant it's there. Uh, say to yourself it's there, and then just keep doing what you're doing. Because eventually what you're doing is going to be way more beneficial anyway than trying to turn this around and act like it's your turn. And, and, and once I started putting that into practice, Berta, it changed everything for me. And I just was really all about the relationship, all about, all about touching base with other people, making sure, even as the web guy, I was like trying to make sure that their business was doing okay. And if, if they had needs, could I connect them with other people that I knew? And that really kind of changed the game for me. Um, and you, it's funny because that was probably 30 years after my grandfather told me that business is about who you know, not what you know. And I didn't believe him. And I fought with him over that. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget him saying to me, boy, let me tell you, it's who you know, not what you know. And I used to think it was like, we get into a relationship with somebody or a business relationship, a conversation. And if we can't hold our conversation, because we don't know what we're talking about, that we're going to look stupid and people are going to look down upon us. And that's not really the case at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a guy that, that doesn't have a college degree. I tell people I went to the University of Google. Everything mm -hmm. I pretty much know, <laughs> I Googled, right? And, uh, you know, at the highest level of education, I have a high school degree with a semester of college that just wasn't for me. In fact, I failed broccoli and cheese sauce class. Wow. <laughs> like, so... <laughs> And people, if you're watching on the video, like I'm fat, like, but broccoli and cheese sauce class, I'm not a patient man. And I failed that and I'm, I'm out. Yeah. So I just, I, you know, I didn't know then what I know now. Mm -hmm. And if, if I could go back and rewind the clock, I think I would change so much in the sense that I would build better relationships deeper earlier. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the key. Yeah, and that's really, really a great observation, man. And I think a lot of us, and 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 you mentioned it, and and that when we stop keeping score and we just do it for the sake of doing it, and yeah. it becomes part of because I know how you are, and I'm like that as well, or I like to think of myself like that. That it just becomes part of your DNA, and we're not we're not paying attention. You you I know you serve for the sake of serving. And, you know, as, as Bob Berg in The Go-Giver says, giving and receiving are two sides of the same coin. And it's not that we're waiting to receive, but we do have to be open to receive. Because and isn't he such a genius? He's just amazing. Amazing. I love Bob. And, uh, and, and, it's, it's, and it really is because we get into that giving mode. And then even if we're not keeping score, one day we look back and we say, man, I I'm just burning the candle at both ends and nothing is coming in but it always comes back. Uh, it, and I, you know what's interesting about that is that when we say those things, I don't think it's wrong to even say or think those things. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, I just think it's something we need to just recognize, notice that it's there, know that it's human nature to feel that way, and then just not act on it and, and be, be 
positive. Because oftentimes, by the way, positivity changes the outlook of how all of this works, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we're positive, we're looking forward to helping the next person. It's when we think about why we didn't receive something that we turn into the negative. Mm -hmm. And if we let the negative thoughts drive our actions, now we're just another sleazy salesperson yeah. that no one wants to talk to. That's it. That's it. So Matt, what was the biggest change when you started to, to just sort of live your life that way? Because I think it has to be in your DNA already for you to be able to comfortably morph into looking at it from that perspective. What, what changed, and I'm sure it was subtle, but what, what do you think changed in your business and in your life and your personal life as well? Well, I think I was just, I, I think ultimately I was a happier person. You know, I had a lot of changes in my life in 2009 and 2010, which is now what, 10 years from the time we're recording this. So um, I probably started implementing those sort of practices in late 2008 when the economy was crashing. And of course, at the time, you don't realize, well, I'm doing these things. Is it really going to work? It takes a long time. Referrals take a long time. The reciprocity effect takes a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so you're, I probably at the time was probably counting referrals. Like, are they coming back? I'm giving them. Are they coming back? You know, mm -hmm. but I think, I think once I got past the struggles of the business challenges with the economy of 2008, um, difficulties with managing a company and trying to stay afloat at that time. And then, uh, you know, personal issues and health issues all in 2009 and 2010, it just became, you know, you move into 2012 and I'm a much happier person. And that takes time though, right? I mean, so you start, what happens is you start to surround yourself with people that up-level you mm -hmm. and, and people that just bring you joy. And that's the type of thing that I just have a firm believer in that we should all do more business with people that bring us joy. I think too oftentimes we, we say, oh, we need 10,000 clients. Mm -hmm. I mean, very few companies need 10,000 clients. Yeah. And if they are, it's not a relationship-driven sale. Mm -hmm. It's a transaction. An airline needs 10,000 clients or more. Right. We, you know, that's a transaction. There's no relationship there. Mm -hmm. um, in the world of service-based businesses and small businesses, people do business with the person, not with the brand. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so that's relationship driven and it takes time. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's one of the things that, that a lot of times when I'm out there teaching and, and working on the becoming competition proof process, the last part of networking with heart is time. Listen, there's there's time. It's it's you're you're talking about the fern versus the bamboo, but holy moly, when that kicks in, it's it's really really exponential. So thanks for mentioning that, Matt. Matt, you and I had a conversation uh, some time ago, and I love. I read this quote from you that says, "Sometimes it's doing something small for someone that really makes a big impact." And I truly believe that. I know that many of our listeners uh, feel that way too. And sometimes we're not paying attention. But talk to me a little bit about those, those little touches and those little things that you do that, that may seem small, 
but to the person on the other end is is just a huge impact for them. Sure. So one of the things I do in my professional speaking business is when I travel, which isn't current at the moment due right. to COVID-19, right. uh, but when I travel, um, I take five postcards with me and I address them and mail them with a short little note on the postcard. You know, obviously a postcard doesn't have a lot of space. Mm -hmm. The postcard is, is, is a postcard that I've purchased in that city or for that city that I've been in before. Or perhaps I even bought them on Amazon. There's a great little hack for you, yep. right? As you mm -hmm. pre-buy them, pre-address them, pre-stamp them, pre-write the note. Then when you land in the city, you drop them in the mailbox. And wow. you're touching base with people that maybe haven't heard from you in two to three months, maybe six months, but you're staying in touch. You're saying hello, you're checking on them. And think about for a moment how you feel when you walk out to your mailbox and you get junk mail, junk mail, junk mail, bill, bill, but oh wait, handwritten card, mm -hmm. handwritten postcard. And you can change that up. It doesn't matter what the message is, right? Um, it's just a matter of having a process in place that reminds you to touch base with people. That's all it really is about. And if you can do these small little touches from time to time, it works absolute wonders. Um, one of the things I can do is, you know, it's a simple Facebook message, a simple text message. Um, people's birthdays, most people go to Facebook and write happy birthday on their wall. You know, that gets lost in 250 other Facebook wall messages. And a person has to sit there and hit like and thank you to every single one. Mm -hmm. And if they change their birthday next week, <laughs> no one would even know. They'd do yeah. the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, but what I do on people's birthdays is I'll go into the Facebook Messenger, I'll slide over the photo app to video, and I'll record a little happy birthday song for them. And no one else is doing that. And yeah. so it stands out. It makes them feel special. Hey, it's their birthday. We should make them feel special. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I'm silly. I'm a silly person, and I'll I'll do crazy things. I'll put weird hats on, and mm -hmm. I might even put a happy birthday little hat on from a birthday package from the Dollar Tree or uh, COVID-19 is going around. I'll put a mask on or something mm -hmm. and sing. And, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to brighten their day, right? Yeah. And because people don't remember what you said, mm -hmm. Berta, that they remember how you made them feel. You know, and this is something that we need to do much more of. And that's what a postcard does. That's what a handwritten card does. That's what a video message does to somebody. It makes them feel super special. Yeah. And you don't have to do this every day, every week, every month. Um, but if you are just staying in touch from time to time and you find reasons to do these things and you pay attention to who people are, then you can find a way to cut through the noise and and stand out in a way that matters to the other party. Mm -hmm. And that's beneficial for you as a business owner, to be perfectly frank, because they'll start caring about you as well. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I agree with you, man. And I think it's, it's making the people feel special, making them feel heard, making them feel important. And it's, and, and the way that you described it, when you said a process, really, it's something that we should be figuring out how to make that a process not automate it, but make it a process so that it makes it easy for us to remember. You know, a lot of the networking things, I'll, I'll put little notes in the back of business cards if I had a, a nice conversation with someone. And I'll come in and populate my calendar with the important dates that we talked about. 
so that I reach out to them then, and then they'll realize that I was really listening, and nobody's listening anymore. So <laughs> yeah, right, Matt. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I, people love to talk. Yeah, I love that. So Matt, I know that you do something really, really cool when it comes to LinkedIn when you have a new connection. Can you share that with us? Yeah, I do it about eighty percent of the time, mm-hmm. uh, and what it is is. Um, so, so LinkedIn in and of itself can be a real challenge sometimes because people want to sales pitch you and mm-hmm. they kind of um, come at you hard sometimes and it's all not about the relationship or the networking. So I want to make it very clear if they have not read my profile, especially if they have not sent me some sort of custom message, mm-hmm. what I do is I record a video using a video email tool. The tool is called BombBomb, and users can check it out at getvideoemailnow.com. And so, so what I do is I record a short little video, 30 seconds, and then uh, I'll accept the connection and put the share link for the video from the tool into LinkedIn Messenger. And, uh, and then the person clicks on the message because I use a whiteboard that has their name on it. Right. And the number one uh, pleasing sound in the English language is the sound of an individual's first name. Mm -hmm. So we use their name on it because that is going to create the click because they know it's personalized. And the message says, hey, it's Matt Ward from Breakthrough Champion. Thanks so much for connecting with me, Berta. I greatly appreciate it. Not sure how you found out about me (laughs) because most likely the person didn't put a message in. I'll say, maybe it's the mutual connections we have, or maybe it's my book, More Word of Mouth Referrals, Lifelong Customers, Raving Fans. I'm not sure what it was, but nonetheless, I'm super happy that you connected. I'm all about relationships and would love to learn more about you without any kind of sales pitch. So until next time, don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. And then I, it, I send it. And... 80, 90% of the time, they reply with, wow. No one else sends them a video message. Mm -hmm. In the last year, I've probably done 800 of those. Wow. Just uh, video messages of any kind. Now, probably not 800 LinkedIn ones Mm -hmm. specifically. um, Because I also use it uh, for my public speaking business so that people can get a real flair of my humor or whatever if they're considering me for a talk or something like that. And so I can use the video tool for a lot of different reasons, but I have implemented it in my LinkedIn process, mm-hmm. like you were talking about before. Right. So when people say, oh, I'm going to send videos to 500 people, no, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send cars to 400 people, no, that's not going to work. Can you send a video to five people and a card to four? Why do we have to bite off more than we can chew because that's not going to be a sustainable process, a sustainable um, habit. Mm-hmm. We want to start with one and move to two and move to three and move to four, right? Mm-hmm. And my biggest challenge is getting people to understand that we want to insert these things, these touch points into systems and processes in their company that already exist without causing upheaval, right? And so I look at what are you doing now to communicate with people? How are you effectively networking with people? If you're going to a chamber networking event, when you come home, what do you do? I want to hear what you do and what you do with those cards and how are you connecting? I want to know if you have 12 cards or four because I'd much rather you have four than 12. Right, right. Right? And who are you asking for at that event? And then where is this, the data go? And 
oh, you're too busy, so you don't have time to do it, but do you have an assistant, an office manager that can help you? You know, can, why don't you mail cards? I don't have any. Okay, can your office manager buy a dozen of them off of Amazon, and then we buy bulk after that? You know, how do we, how does the systems and process work so that we don't mess up the company and, and create this upheaval situation where nothing is going to work, and then we just say, okay, let's drop this one thing in here and see how that goes for the next two months. And then we add one more thing. And then we up the quantity levels, right? Once people get comfortable with certain things. Mm-hmm. And we start introducing tools that they can use to make their life a little bit easier to manage. So for instance, if they don't have a CRM, then I'm trying to get them into some sort of CRM system that they're comfortable with just to start logging you know, emails they send to clients and prospects and referral partners, you know? So we look at all the tools that can help them streamline their business as well, because those things hopefully are going to help. Because we talked right here about two tools. Mm. We talked about the BombBomb tool, but we also talked about LinkedIn. Right. And so if they're not using either one of those, I can't get them to use BombBomb if they're not already using LinkedIn. I've got to get them to just use LinkedIn first. Mm -hmm. And I got to get them to see the value of that. And that's a struggle sometimes because people don't see the value because of the long-term relationship building takes time to produce mm-hmm. results, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of times if I'm working with people, they understand that they're missing the referrals um, and, and they know that there's a better way, but they're stuck. They don't know how to, to get more of them. They get them, but they don't know why they come. They say, oh, my customers refer people because you know, that's where I get my referrals from. But when you actually talk to them about it, that's not really who's referring them. (laughs) This is a large assumption, you know? Right, right, right. So Matt, when you go into work with a company who who needs that sort of handholding, how long would you say, because I think with you, the proof is in the pudding and I've seen your presentations and it's, and it's beautiful how you're able to articulate and convey the message in a presentation that that lets people know listen this is doable this can be done this if you implement it and you do it these can be the results how does that work for a company that that maybe says listen i i just don't have anything in place right now i'm going to call matt and see how we can change that sure so we start with one one or two items to put in place things that are not going to be overly um that are not going to, again, up, up, upset, upside the apple cart, right? We don't want their current business to have problems created because we're in trying to install a new piece of software or something that nobody's going to be able to understand or manage. So we're going to have a conversation with them about what they're comfortable with. And then we're going to slowly improve what they currently have. So some, the biggest, I think the biggest realization that people make is that they're talking to the wrong people and asking for the wrong introductions, Mm, right? They're talking to customers, asking for customers. People don't want, people want to buy. They don't want to be sold Mm -hmm. anything. They want to buy. They want to discover things for themselves. Yes, they have problems and they need your solutions, but they don't want to be sold anything. We all despise that car salesman approach mentality that people 
always talk about behind the car salesman's back, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So what we want to do is not ever ask anybody for a referral, right? We should never do that because that comes across as begging. I need the business. I need introductions. That doesn't work. Instead, what we want is introductions to the referral source, which is the person who's in a position to refer the business for new business. So an example might be um, a commercial real estate agent and a commercial cleaning company, two great referral sources for each other. Right. Um, they're both talking to the same economic buyer, right? The commercial leasing agent or sales agent is leasing commercial space to a small business who ultimately needs cleaning services. And the cleaning company is working in a company when a company decides to move can have a conversation. And generally speaking, they're probably going to be dealing with the owner or the office manager, which might be involved in the decision-making regarding either service. Mm -hmm. And so we need to, we need people to understand that the reason that referral efforts aren't working or their networking efforts aren't working is because they're walking in and they're saying, for instance, if I'm a chiropractor, a good referral for me is somebody with a spine. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard, right? Because people will only travel so far to get a chiropractic adjustment. Mm -hmm. People will only go to certain offices based on whether or not you're taking their, their health care or not. Um, people, you know, not everybody with a spine needs a chiropractor or wants a chiropractor, or there are people that don't want their body to be touched in any way possible. They have phobias around that. So the, just to say that statement is confusing to the people hearing it. Instead, I would work with a chiropractor to understand really who their ideal client is and who serves that ideal client. Then we go searching for that, the person that serves the ideal client and find more of those. And so when I had my web agency, we were always looking for IT providers, people that fixed computers and did managed services because they were always in a position to refer us and we were always in a position to refer them. And so I'd walk into a chamber networking event and I'd meet a lot of people, the promo people, the real estate person, the banker, the mortgage professional, the credit card processor person, all the same people we always see. And every single time they asked me who they could introduce me to or how they could help me, I would say, do you know an IT guy? And I'd walk out of there with four or five names of Sometimes the same person. Sometimes they'd walk me over to the corner to the IT guy standing in the corner. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it was somebody who we were already partnering with, um, which was fine. I'd spend time with them. But at the time in which I sold my company, I had 35 partners. Wow. And they were referring us on average one new website a year. Wow. Which is a fairly, I mean, we only did 36 websites mm -hmm. a year. So 35 of them were coming on average from our partners, awesome. which means we only needed one new website from some other source, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that if people can really think about that concept mm -hmm. of, of how much a referral partner network could bring you, your centers of influence, your ideal referral sources, the money that they could generate off of that they would be very satisfied. They would never have to think about more money and, and the growth of a company anymore. They would just focus their efforts on those partners. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And Matt, what I love is that uh, all those things that you said really resonated with me. And I think that it's, it's, people know this, they're just not maybe applying it. And it's just a matter of seeing it from the other side and really, and once they understand it, then it, they change and everything goes from uh, a, re a transactional referral to a referral that could be a relationship that then becomes uh, a business relationship for life or for however long. So I love that. And I know that Matt, with as busy as you are with, you know, now virtual, but, but I know you had a, a good speaking calendar. Um, you're authoring, you're running your business and you're coaching amazing companies and you've taken it a step farther to now help other people grow and build their own networks. Can you talk a little bit into that? If you don't mind. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that people need to really just understand that however they want to grow their business mm -hmm. is up to them, right? I'm just there to guide and advise them on the next step of whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. And so for some people, it's how do I create a mastermind of people that I can call upon every week, every month who are great business resources. Now, sometimes people create masterminds that are like, um, they're the same industry professional. It might be five realtors. Right, all over the country talking about that, and sometimes it's it's a, a a power team call it where you've got a realtor, a mortgage professional, uh, you know, a, a home inspector, right, and all those people in the same sphere in the same center of influence, mm -hmm. and they build these really tight networking groups where they keep them very very tight, um, and. And I think, you know, in-person networking is, is all the rage now. Right now with uh, COVID, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, people are stay-at-home orders and whatnot. That stuff will be lifted in due time. And we can get back to, to some of this in-person stuff. And when we do that, we just want to make sure we surround ourselves with the right people. And so <clears throat> I'm just there as a guide pretty much to, to help people understand you know, they might call me and say, well, hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about uh, starting a little networking thing and, you know, four or five people here. And how do I, you know, who do I pick, you know? And usually my response is the exact same all the time. It's those in a position to refer you on a regular basis and who bring you joy. Because mm, if you don't get along with people, that's not going to work, right? We want to we want to make sure that people bring a smile to our face every time we're working with them. So That's huge. I love it. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt, for sharing. Matt, what do you have coming up? Other than when all this is lifted, you're going to come to Florida and we're going to. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing a lot of webinars, right? How to network virtually. Um, and, and those are usually with uh, real estate associations all over the country, chambers of commerce all over the country. Um, and, and service-based uh, business associations. So like the sign association, the paving association, people like that. Um, so do a lot of those virtual networking and then also actual virtual networking events. Um, so I post them out on LinkedIn from time to time and on Facebook and just get people together. And then we use the, the breakout rooms feature of Zoom, which is really cool. And we pair people up uh, for 10 minutes and so you can have a quick conversation and it's enough to, to say, okay, let's connect on LinkedIn after, and then let's do a, our own zoom for a half hour. 
And so you can apply the techniques of networking that you would normally do in person, but you do it through Zoom. And, uh, and you don't have to go, you know, deeper with everybody. The idea is to find one or two people in a given hour that you might be able to carry it the conversation to the next step with. Mm. And so I'm facilitating those. Those are all free. People come into them. And uh, and it's really just a, a, about helping people out right now because that's what we're all about. And then when we get out of the whole COVID thing, we'll, you know, we'll jump back into the in-person networking mm-hmm. and we'll ramp up. In Massachusetts, we're building out Am Spirit, Massachusetts. So that's uh, exciting. And, and um, yeah, we're just doing – the webinars are a lot of fun. I get to have a lot of fun with those. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's that's what I'm up to. Maybe okay. some more traveling. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. How how do they find you, Matt? Sure. So my website is mattwardspeaks.com. That's the easiest way to find me. I'm also on LinkedIn um, at Matt Ward Speaks um, and Facebook, Matt Ward Speaks and Twitter. Oh, I tricked you. Breakthrough champ. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Good. Good. And thanks for for sharing all of that good information, Matt. So I'm curious. First of all, I want you to show people what we talked about right before we jumped. Okay. Yeah. So this is a very special part of of those extra touches. Yeah. So so one of the things that, and I have to say, I I had nothing to do with this. (laughs) My staff did this for me uh, back when, you know. Actually, I don't know if this even has a year on it. Um, oh, it sure does. 2015. Oh, nice. So I hadn't, uh, I was still three years away from selling the agency, but they, I think they got this for me for my birthday. Um, and so if you're on your, I'll try and describe it if you're on the podcast, but it, you might want to check out YouTube. Um, this is a, as they say, it is a, uh, exclusively handcrafted bobblehead of me. <laughs> In a suit with it. my five o'clock shadow, my eyeglasses, my b- bright blue eyes, and no hair on the top. They got the hair completely accurate, actually. Um, and that's like not just like painted on. It's it's actually like textured. You know, wow. I mean, it's the the back of the head is textured like hair, and then they painted it and whatnot. And there's a logo on the back, which was the company. So this is a brandable product. You can purchase this. I'm presuming at allbobbleheads.com. I have no affiliation, <laughs> but you give them photos and they recreate the bobblehead. And uh, I guess they bought two of them. I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool bobblehead. So now there's two of me in the same room. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Matt. Thank you for that. I didn't even know that existed. But but I, I thought that was really cool. Well, think so, about that, yeah. Berta, for one second. Just like, not even from a client perspective, although that would be a great gift, right? Mm-hmm. But from a from a partner perspective, you, you spend the whole year, you get four or five referrals from this ideal partner who mm-hmm. who has been sending you a ton of business and it results in just a massive amount of business in, in your personal service-based business. Mm-hmm. And you create... And I would not recommend putting the logo on the back because that makes it, unless it's their logo. Right. But you you create uh, this uh, this bobblehead for them. And I just think that's so amazing. Imagine that. By the way, what you should do when this happens is when you get a gift like this, ship it to yourself first and then repackage it 
and ship it out with a handwritten card, right? It really makes the, a huge difference, the message. You don't ever want this to come from the manufacturer with no personalized touch. I see all the time on Facebook, people posting pictures of things they received in the mail and they're like, okay, who on Facebook sent this? Right, right, right. So always just pay the double shipping. Don't Mm -hmm. be cheap. You're buying a nice gift anyway for your client, friend, partner, whatever it is. And so think about what you could do with these bobbleheads. I I don't know if they're even still in, 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 uh, in business or not, I have no idea. But if they're not, somebody else can make that. Right. And uh, it's a really cool, cool uh, item. So yeah, it made it made, it made me feel special that yeah, day, that's for you, sure. You talk about a personal touch. I mean, that's a great way to make someone feel appreciated. You know? Yeah. And, and it's a big deal. So Matt, first of all, I want to thank you. I want to, I, I should push you on a date, except that nobody knows when this COVID thing is going to be over. But as soon as you get to Florida, yeah, I don't mind driving to the West Coast. Oh yeah, um, and we're we'll just play for a day, okay? Yeah, and well, lunch. They got great Italian food down there. You know that? Yeah, yeah, really. Well, I'm I'm up. And that Italian bread with the oil. Oh, oh. my God! And the pepper. Oh, oh get me started. So good. Come on, I'm so hungry right now, Matt. What is? And and I love what you said about your your grandfather. How how that just stuck with you took you 30 years to figure out that he was right, but that's always how it is with our parents and grandparents, right? Um, But other than that, what would you say is the greatest piece of advice that you've heard or given anyone or received that you want to share? Um, So, you know, I grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania, the youngest of three boys, first to graduate high school, the only one not to go to prison. The success I've had in my life, I owe to a number of different people, but primarily I owe to Milton Hershey. What a lot of people don't know is that Milton Hershey created a boarding school, a tuition-free boarding school for disadvantaged kids, kids from poverty-stricken homes, and they have served over 12,000 students since that school was founded in 1909. I attended that school and it changed my life. Uh, one of the core components was to give back. And as I, I was in my 20s, I didn't see it. And as I got into my 30s, I really started to see it. And now in my 40s, I live it. And I find ways to give back in every which way I can. So for me, the greatest, one of the greatest, not the greatest, but one of the greatest impacts on my life was a man I never met who put chocolate on the map and changed a lot of people's lives. And still to this day, there's over 2,500 kids in that private tuition-free boarding school living on campus in Hershey, Pennsylvania, tuition-free. And when they graduate, they get a 90 grand to go to college. Wow. So they, they don't, they don't leave college in debt. Right. And so the, the Milton Hershey put away his entire fortune into this thing called the deed of trust 40 years before he died. Now think about that, Berta. Mm. If I told you today, you were going to die in 40 years and you go, okay, I'm going to put everything into a trust today. I mean, people don't think like that, Mm. especially when you own Hershey's chocolate. Right, right, right. Right. And you're the largest landowner in the town of Derry Township, which is Hershey, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just unheard of to be a forward thinker like that. And he was such a ph- philanthropist. Most people have no idea that he and his wife, Kitty, 
<clears throat> uh, had a ticket to get on the Titanic, and they never got on. What? Yeah. And so to this day, I wear my high school graduation ring on my ring finger, and I don't take it off. It's a reminder of what other people did for me, other people who never knew me. And that is really what's changed everything in my outlook on life. And I'm sure people listening now, they have their story. They have the thing that's changed them. And maybe they're in their 20s or 30s and where I was at, they don't quite realize it yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe they do. Maybe they know what that thing was that changed them, that set them off on this path that, that will be ever winding moving forward. Every day I get on the stage, I'm shocked that I'm standing there speaking to 1800 people and I am honored to be able to tell them the story of Milton Hershey the school and how it affected my life and how it changes how they think when it comes to caring about others that's why I call it care package Mm -hmm. because you do for others what they would want and not what you would want so I love that, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm full of goosebumps over here. Yeah, is it uh, raining on your phone? Is it raining on my phone? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's not raining. It's here. <laughs> uh, no, no, but that is that is beautiful and really a, a testament to your commitment to pay it forward, as they would say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to make sure that that legacy continues and is, is, is generational impact for sure. Um, but what a blessing you are to me, to everyone who knows you, and now to all of our listeners and viewers. See what I mean, guys? I told you. Um, but I, I just love your heart, Matt. And, and again, can't wait for this all to be over so you can... We yeah, it'll be fun when we get down to Florida. It'll yeah, fun. it'll be fun. Yeah. So, hey, all the listeners out there, don't forget to live happy. Smile a lot and high five. Amen. Everyone around you. Thank you, Matt. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Uh, I want you all to go out and um, have fun, be good, uh, do great, and go play outside. Bye.